Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, I had the experience, as I've done multiple times, of taking an edible, being unable to sleep, but being just like planted to my bed and watching cable news. And watching cable news cover Joe Biden going to Maui when you when it switched from MSNBC and CNN to Fox and First. And First is rapidly becoming my favorite uh, hate watch. Um, but all right. From the jump, uh, the, Biden did some things okay, but he fucked up a few things so badly. And I know lots of people who are just seeing the bad stuff. And f- I'm going to end this with Biden needs to step off the fucking ticket. Well, okay. Why don't you go through okay. the good and the bad? Like, start with the bad and then let's right, see what so he did. The, good. the worst thing he did was that I saw is he wanted to tell a story to relate with the people. Uh, who had just lost their homes and lost loved ones and lost whatever. And he tells a story about how I can kind of relate. One time, one of my houses had a pond in the back that was struck by lightning and it caused my house to burn down. He said, one of your houses. Oh, and by the way, the story gets revealed and he had a fire in his kitchen. But the bigger point in my mind is you're trying to relate to people who are recovering from about as traumatic an event as you possibly can. And your thing is, I can relate. I once had a kitchen fire. That would be like going to an amputee in Walter Reed Hospital and going, I can relate. I put on a pair of tight shoes once. Right, you know, stubbed your toe. Yeah, I'm just, just exactly. Like, right. dude, it, and it's, it's the old school politician thing. Like, I need to show I'm relatable. I'm Joe from Scranton. I'm a regular guy. These people lost loved ones. Loved ones that they may never even identify as being lost. Their homes, their whole town is destroyed. And you got to talk about your third home having a fucking kitchen fire. Mm-hmm. Just awful. Now, the government issued $700 to each person involved to give them, you know, and a lot of people are saying, well, why can't you do more? He actually said there's more coming, but they wanted to throw money in people's pockets so they could probably get hotels and get, you know, get food and do stuff. So the, the criticism that $700 for this it, you know, is bullshit, look, it's a preliminary step to give people a place to go. You're not just going to hand everyone ten grand and say toodaloo, but give them the, the ability to you know, get to a safe part of the island and, 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 and feed themselves, that's fine. He did say they would do more. First Network was saying, he gave $700 to them, and look what he's given to Ukraine. And I'm like, okay, stop comparing two things that have nothing to do with each other. I've heard, I got Mike the Dentist. I destroyed him in a, tw- tw- a text exchange the other day because he was trying that shit again. It's... Well, I mean, uh, you know, the, I'm sh- we'll save the story with, for Mike, with Mike the Dentist. No, I'll just give it. I bitch slapped him. <laughs> but... Um, so going to his, you know, I can relate sort of thing, like I put that on his team. Um, you know, you have that entire trip, you know, flying from D.C. to Maui to put, put that plan together. Right. Um, and In fact, more than that because the days get right, on there, right? Exactly. So, uh, you know, my, my issue, I put that on his team because someone on his team greenlit that. You know, like if I'm on his team, I'm like, look, you got to stay away. For, even if he insists on it, you got to explain to him, like, look, this is not the time for you to relate. This is the time for you 
to be the president of the United States and show that you can lead these people out of the worst time of their life. They don't care about you relating to them. Right. They care that you're going to help them. So that story nicks it, right? And then let's talk about what we're going to do for them in the short term, the medium range, and the long term. And let's have viable solutions that we can start to, that can be in place and people can start to see something, can see action right away. Like that's what the message should have been. So I put that on his people. And, you know, like you said, he's an old school politician, right? And so he's got all that baggage that comes with it, including this is how we did things in the 70s, how we did things in the 80s, right? And that's sure. that's the that's the winning combination, exactly. right? Like and and so you know, if you're gonna have an older candidate, you have to be able to be the person in their ear, they have to have a person in their ear who understands that things have changed and you can't always and rarely will you be able to go back to the old playbook and have it be effective. You know, so, I mean, and that's that's been an issue of his, I think, since before he started running for president and became president. Um, I don't even, that's not even one of the things that I don't like about him. I mean, that it, to me, that's it's important that you know, that you understand time and place, right? Like that yeah, is, and, 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 failed and he failed here. But I just, some of my other beefs with him are more, much more substantial and higher up on the list. And this is just a, you know, this is a flub, a flub by his team. Oh, you see, I, maybe, I, I still wonder, did he just go, I got this. And this is my random off the cuff personal story. And I don't, if I, but if I work for you, Right. In that capacity, I know you. I know that you're going to want to do that. So I have to preempt you and say, look, I know what you're going to want to do. I intentionally didn't write it in here. You think it needs to be in there. But let me save you from yourself. Don't do that thing where you go out and you tell some story from when you were a kid or from 20 years ago. Right. Like, this is not what these people need. They need a leader. Period. Point blank. The end. And it's not about relating. It's about getting them to that next step. Um. So yeah, that's I, I just all right. I, yeah, I mean, all right. So we're we're debating who fucked up, but the fact is, it was a colossal fuck up. I mean, I mean, I, is it I a think, colossal? Fuck I, up? I, I think it is. I, I mean, I know lots of people coming to me going, "Can you believe this fucking guy?" These are people who know I'm a, a Biden voter, and, and yeah, uh, I mean, it, it it's it's a fuck up because of the fodder that it creates in the media about what you just said. But in the end, you know. I, I don't know if people are people going to really remember that as like a key moment, like oh, should I vote for this guy or not? Now, people there maybe people in Hawaii, I think almost certainly right. Will. But I mean, I think the people from Hawaii also are dealing with the people from the MAGA Trump right wing camp that are coming there and using that as a as a springboard for their social media careers. You know, pitching so, uh, conspiracy theories. Right. I mean, right, you've got true. the people out there who are saying, oh, it's a it's a space laser or, or um, there's a I forget the other one. There's some it? sort of. Uh, I don't know, some some type of weapon um, sure. it's like a yeah. D.E.W. I forget what it stands for, but directed energy weapon. OK. Right. Like something along like, you know, so essentially space lasers. Um, and it was a conspiracy for the rich to come in and take the land from the poor people and the indigenous people, and they use these uh, um, these DEW weapons to light up all the, you know, everything except for where the rich people lived, and Oprah's sex trafficking kids, 
right? Like, so you've got the people who are literally coming there and then saying, oh, I talked to these people on the ground. And you can see it play out on social media, right? Where there are people from Maui from out that are saying, who did you talk to? Why are those people never, why do you never talk to them on camera, right? Like, what, who, like, what is your, you know, what's your source? Because sure. everything you're saying isn't accurate. It's not what's happening here. That has nothing to do with our history or our culture, right? Like, so they're dealing with that on the ground. So while, yes, Joe Biden, you know, trying to tell some dumb story is, is a fuck up in the media. But I think what the people on the ground will probably remember more are the people who are coming in and trying to take advantage of the situation to brighten their star because, you know, like that's the thing where people are coming back to them. Hey, is this true? I, I saw this on Twitter. And it's like, no, what the hell are you talking about? No, nothing like that is going on. So, I mean, just some things to think about. Like, there are multiple bad actors here. Okay. <clears throat> well, I think he hurt himself. And it, regardless, he, he looks like kind of a doddering old man. Because he is. Sell, you don't have to sell me. I know. You don't have to sell me on, I, on I, why. I, I, you know, the Democratic Party needs to wake the fuck up. I'm not saying they're going to. I mean, I said I can't open a YouTube uh, file without uh, Joe Biden here. If we're going to get our campaign off and running, I'm like, oh, Joe, stop it. Look, I mean, I've been way more kind to the guy than you have, but I'm done. I mean, but now we're at a point where, you know, I, I rang the alarm before they nominated this guy. I know. Right? And so now it's just like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, yeah. I'm like, not fuck, for you to say No, 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 no. I'm just saying in general, right? It's just like, what the fuck you want me to do? I tried to tell you. You know, there were other candidates you could have supported. You, like, we all just assumed that Joe Biden was the only one that could have beat Trump. Right? We all just assumed that. And it played out that way. So I guess your, you know, yeah, your thought yeah. were verified. Yeah. Um, I think it was the right move at the time, but it. The time we all, I believed, and I thought I heard it come out of his mouth that he was only running for one term, and then he said something to the effect of, "I'm a bridge candidate." You do you remember you that you were selling that, and I told you that there was no way in hell he after after one term, if as long as he was alive, right and healthy enough to do so, he was gonna he was gonna run for a second term. I, I don't remember. I'm not just. Yeah, I, I, did, I, I yeah, do not remember. I mean, that. we we had that very specific conversation, and you're like, "But he said, and if he doesn't, then I'm going to hold him to it." Which okay, you are. I am. <laughs> but it's just like, all right, well, what the fuck good is that? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, because he's going to run again, and it, it's just like, what? Because now, now the problem is, you look at him versus what we believe the opposition is going to be, which is likely Trump. Right. right now, we can transition into the debates now because after the debates, um, I got a chance to watch some of them last night. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, 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 you know, got some key points. You know, you have to wonder. You, like DeSantis, just he, he is just a miserable candidate, right? Unbelievably and, bad. Like he, he just he. People were right. He his style, rhetoric, whatever. Just doesn't his personality? He doesn't play on a national stage, um, and I think he talked himself out of it. I think he he had enough of a lead over most everyone else, where he can still push because he's got that lead. But I think he, it got that lead got chewed into. Yeah, he hurt himself. Yeah, in the debate. I mean, I think like you said, Nikki Haley. You know, when you and I talked offline, Nikki Haley definitely helped herself. I think you know people are on the fence with Chris Christie. 
Yeah. And I think it's, I don't even, it's not even for the reason why I'm on the fence with him. Um, I, you know, I liked him when he was running for president, but then when he was out of the race and then he turned quickly and jumped onto Trump's camp, right, and jumped in and helped on the transition team and, you know, had a role in the, admin sure. and, and, you know, kind of wavering back and forth about, you know, when Trump would go way out of pocket on something. I, I, like that wishy-washiness, and I get why he was doing it, you know, trying to keep his political career alive, but it's just like, man, don't you, ah, I just need you to have some, some backbone. But when you get him, when you set that aside and you listen to his message and you think about his, his experience as a governor, as a federal prosecutor, I, like, look, the guy's resume checks off. Now, look, he, he had his issues in, in New Jersey, yep, yep. Um, which are very valid, which need to yeah. be questioned. Um, I, I don't have an issue with that. But, I mean, if, you, if you're backing me into a corner and saying, based off the people who are running right now, you know, who, who would you rather vote for? I don't want to vote for Biden, but I for damn sure am not going to vote for Trump. You know, I think DeSantis right. played himself out of it. I think Chris Christie played himself up. You know, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, I think he played himself down. Because really? Because most people are saying, <clears throat> I actually agree with you, but most people don't. Um, yeah, I think the issue is for the independent voter. I think he did get some support from the MAGA camp. I agree with that. Um, but he also exposed himself, right? Because, you know, he, he started going to the MAGA talking points. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of substance behind what he said. And a lot of the things he was saying on stage, you can go to the book that he wrote and see where he said something completely different. And yet he denied that, and which he is going to come it, back to bite him. Right, and ends up coming back to bite him because it's like, okay, but yeah, here's your book. So either you wrote this or you didn't write this, right? So you right. wrote either you wrote this and you said this, right? And now you're saying something completely opposite or you're full of shit because you didn't write your book. Someone else wrote it for you and apparently you never read your book. So which one is it? Have you never read the book that you didn't write? Or is it the book that you wrote that you're now just saying something different than you originally said? And I think there, there are a camp of people where that hurts him. And when Trump has the lead that he has, he can't afford that sort of loss. So I think he hurt himself. See, I think this is like getting ahead early but selling out the rest of the game. Like he said stuff that's going to be verifiably disproven. Now, when he, at the, his closing statement included climate change is a hoax or something. He said climate change yeah. is a hoax at one point. I'm like, you pandering little stupid. Well, here's the thing. He, that, even that in and of itself, if you're paying attention, he yells out climate change is a hoax. Right? Yes. But he was just in an interview, uh, maybe this week or the week before, where um, they brought up his stance on climate change. And he said that, well, no, 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 I'm not saying that. It, I, I'm not saying that climate change is a hoax. What I'm saying is there's, you know, science that we don't understand and, and that, like, some of it is, like, how, you know, how much of this is actual science that's agreed upon or is this a strong majority's opinion but we have another a very strong minority who disagree and, like, he was making some valid points as to why he wasn't calling it a hoax. But then he goes on stage and he runs and he calls it a hoax. Right. Right, and I, and I think that with, with that sort of thing, I think what he's doing is... He's trying to be that bridge between DeSantis and Trump. Right. You know, because and young people and old people. You want right, to be that like, slick I, I look can, at me. Right. Like I'm young, I'm athletic. There was a video of him playing tennis very aggressively shortly before the debate, saying this is what I'm gonna do to my opponents. You know, he's shirtless, you know, he's a, a fit guy. 
um, you know, handsome guy, dark skinned Indian dude, like, or not, I don't yeah, think he's Indian. Or, he is. Yeah. He is. Um, but, like, you know, checks all the boxes, very well spoken, um, delivers very cleanly, and he is very quick witted. There's not a lot of pausing, stuttering. It, like, checks yeah. all the boxes, but there's not a lot of substance there. And it's unfortunate, not, I don't know, unfortunate, but I will say, if I'm, if I'm him, I'm like, dude, like, let's just stick with these core issues where we can go in detail because he's got some detailed plans that, you know, some aren't going to like, but you still have the detailed plan, right? And I'm, I'm coming up at this objectively as if I'm trying to get him elected, right? I'm not having my personal bias on where his stances are, but you've got a detailed plan laid out on how you would affect these things that we know ring a bell with this crowd. Stick to those. On the issues where they go, you know, that go off the rails into the conspiracy, don't don't take that bait, right? Give a very, you know, sort of I don't know about that or, so, or so, some sort right. of deflective answer on that stuff. But on these things where we've got laid out detailed plans, roll with those, go deep with those, show people your depth of knowledge and your articulation, like make that stand out. And he he missed that opportunity. And I think a lot of people are looking at him like, oh, you're just trying to copy Trump. Like, you're just a brown version of Trump. Like, that's like... Yeah, and he also... I mean, I can understand why it would be like this, because if you go, you're a 38-year-old guy who's never been involved in this, and now you're on stage in a presidential debate, he was clearly having that holy shit, I'm here moment, which he, he had some inter entertaining barbs back and forth. He and Mike Pence... Mike Pence told him, I'll speak slower if you like at one point. And he replied like, you know, basically... I didn't even hear exactly what he said. It was kind of like... Really, dude, I'm a fucking tech guy. You're you. Shut the fuck up. He didn't say that. But, yeah. but I, I want to say one thing about DeSantis, because I've not heard this getting any run at all, and I'm amazed. And this is the uh, video I sent you. Yeah. So Ron DeSantis gets up there, and, and, and Nikki Haley basically said, look, abortion, you know, federal abortion ban is not a winning strategy for us. And, and, and she gave her rationale, like, we would need 60 votes in the Senate. We're not going to get them. That's not a winning strategy. And then Ron DeSantis gets up there and says... Sometimes I don't want to talk politics. I want to do what's right, what I believe is right, and tries to tell about how my life was changed when I heard my daughter's heartbeat in my wife's womb, and that's why I signed the heartbeat bill. Yeah, that's touching. And then he tells, and I know a woman named Penny in Florida who survived multiple abortion attempts, was discarded in a pan on the floor. Thankfully, she was picked up by her grandmother and taken to another hospital and she lived. All right, introduce us to Penny there, Ron, because you are so full of shit. Are you fucking kidding me? A baby was thrown on the floor. Her <laughs> grandmother picks it up, takes it to another hospital. And by the way, how does someone know they survived multiple abortion attempts? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, can we just go back to... Oh, okay, I'm just going to walk into the, the, the delivery, delivery room. room well, and, the abortion room, I guess. Right, I'm going to walk into this room where they just did this medical procedure... And they're just going to let me scoop whatever off the floor into a it was bag? Already, already in a pan, apparently. Oh, okay. Just I'm going to take the pan. And then, so she just walked out of with the facility. With a barely alive fetus. With a barely alive fetus in a pan. And it was just like, and all right, cool. walked into another hospital. Right. And then they, and they're like, oh, yeah. So she drove it. A barely Presum alive presumably. fetus in a pan to another facility. Right, where they took it and and said, oh, yeah, legit, let's, let, okay. Bi I mean, Biden team, I don't want you to do this on the surface, 
but you need to be going to the story and pointing out how fucking ludicrous this is. When I texted you, I, didn't, I initially texted you what he said. Did you think I was out of my mind? Yes. Okay. I didn't and understand. then I sent you the audio I video. didn't, like, like, putting that, condensing that summary of that into a text. When you read it, it's just like, he's got to be very high. I don't know what he's talking about. I, 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 to be fair. It's a, it's a possibility. And then, and then when I actually watched it, I'm like, no, that's what that's this motherfucker exactly. actually said. I passed Journalism 101. <laughs> right. Um, look, I think, again, I talked about it already. I, I was terribly wrong about Ron DeSantis. Um, like I said, I think he hurt himself. I think Nikki Haley helped herself. I think Chris Christie helped himself. I, I don't think Tim Scott helped himself. He, he was... Whenever he got the mic, he didn't get to do much with it, no. and he didn't do anything and, with talking and, points. And it was easy to talk over him. Um, yeah. You know, like when he got the mic, it's like, somebody jump in, please. Um, you know, I think Mike Pence might have helped himself a little bit. I think so. I think the problem is, is that, like, he's just so far down, and that's the same thing with a lot of people, right? Nikki Haley, so far down. Um, Chris you know, Christie, Chris too. Christie... You know, I mean, Ramaswamy is a little up there. The Sanders is up there, but I mean, like right now, Trump's got a fifty-plus point lead. You know, yeah. and so it's hard. Like now, I will say they have to like the, everyone who was at that de- debate. They've got to they got to keep fighting, right? Those those that made it. Like if you're a Will Hurd, the congressman out of Texas, like he he's running, but he didn't make the debate. Like I'm right. sorry, Will. Goodbye. Right, Larry Elder out in Cal. Bye, Larry. Right. And now he's even Asa Hutchinson who did make it. Right, like, bye. He Asa. said three like, words. He was so weird too. Like he just looked so out of place. You know, on on like like what are you doing? Yeah, no, he. You know, I mean, and part of it is the one thing that you, when you look at it, they've had a relatively diverse group of people running in terms of the basic demographics. Right, um, th- these last few elections, right? You know, you've got a black candidate, an Indian candidate. Um, you, yeah, you've Andrew got, you know, Yang women. Was a Democrat, never right, like I mean, you've got Ramaswamy, you've got Nikki Haley, um, Nimrata, uh, <laughs> Nimrata. That's Nikki's Haley's oh, oh. actual first name. I did not know that. Yeah, she started going by Nikki um, right around the time it was important for her to be, to Nikki, be not, white. Okay, right. <laughs> but her real first name is uh, Nimrata. Okay. Um, and a lot of black people refer to her as that. Okay. Um, and for obvious reasons, right? Like, she is the definition of someone who passes, right? Sure. Um, and now, like, in the last, you know, six, seven years, it's been more beneficial for her to talk somewhat more about, you know, her actual Indian heritage. Um, and so she's leveraging it now, which why there's a lot of black people like, all right, well, then we're going to call you by your government name. All right, fuck <laughs> all this Nikki shit. Um you know, and her response to it isn't always great, you know. Um, in fact, like, people call her that, and she literally doesn't respond, you know, like, in crowds. Um, you know, but they, they do have a, a, di- a diverse-looking field, right? Sure. Like, it's a lot of people who share the same sort of, like, group think. But, I mean, that's something, I guess, to their credit. Now, what would really boost them is if you see a Nikki Haley, a, it's not going to happen, but a Tim Scott, a Tim Scott or this Vivek Ramaswamy, if that ends up, who ends up battling at the top for that nomination, right? Let's say Trump, things with Trump get really bad. He goes down, you know, DeSantis just keeps being himself and, you know, like he burns out. Then it's just like, all right, so who is at the top of this ticket for them? And if it's Nikki Haley and Vivek, um, that, that could be an interesting selling point for them. 
Well, right? and, and I, and I, I think, mean, it's I'm just sorry. like, how are you going to call us, you know, the racist party when look at like, not, this is, you've never seen a ticket from anyone like this and a major ticket, you know, on, from a major party, one of the two, and you've got an Indian woman and an Indian guy, like, you know, like sure. that's just like, you know, your, your progressives on the left, like their heads would explode. Cause it's like, that's what we fuck. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Of course, the MAGA crowd's heads would explode too. Um, mm. This could be a. The uh, thing with them is, I don't know, right? Like they're, like yes, there's there's the races, there's racism in that group, but you can't paint the whole group with the brush necessarily. Although they're all connected, but I think even with those who, and a lot of recent, like really, like. They don't like anybody that's not white, but the, most of it is directed at black people, right? And sure. Like Mexicans. But the one thing with that group on the right is if if you say what they want to hear, then they'll embrace you. It may only be surface level. Sure. And they may turn sure. on you in an instant. But if you are willing to say the shit that they want to hear, then they don't care what you are. Right? Then they'll, they'll get behind you and then use it, Right? Like you, how can you say we're racist when we support this guy? Right. I was going to say, I know exactly where you're about to go, and you're 100% right. And, and I'm it's, not racist. You're the guy who voted against this Indian right. guy. What, so, like so, Indian? Now, so then it puts you as a person on the other side, progressive left Democrat. Well, the, the brown person that you're supporting, they're racist too. Now, there's probably truth to what they're saying, but you got to take a real scholarly approach to get there. And just on a surface level... You know, just taking it at face value, that that argument is going to fall on deaf ears, right? Like, oh well, the 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 brown person you're supporting, they're also racist, and you're a racist, and you guys suck, right? Like, that's what Democrats and people on the left are going to sound like, and then it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Did you hear Marjorie Taylor Greene called Chris Christie racist? <laughs> yes, that is so funny. So, um, Vivek Ramaswamy um, referred to himself as. A skinny, dark guy with yes. a funny and last name. And make then Chris it a Christie, play, which is a play on what Obama, Obama said. Right. And then Chris Christie came back. And actually, to uh, Ramaswamy's credit, when, uh, when, when Chris Christie said, the last time we had one of those, we had Barack Obama. And you don't want that. And Ramaswamy replied, well, you helped get him, ele- <laughs> helped get him elected. Now you're going to help me. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, that's a good line. That's a good... Uh, uh, I will say, uh, Chris Christie, I think, showed me he would probably be a very strong candidate in a general election who has no chance of getting through the MAGA crowd. Yeah, I, I mean... They booed him so lustily. They did, but again, I think there is also the fact that you've got the, the front runner with 91, 91 counts against him yeah. right now. And w- w- conspiracy theory, witch hunt, they, they just don't like him whatever look 91 it's hard to beat all 91 right right it's like that's a lot right <laughs> like that that's just a lot and the easy ones to beat are the ones that like he could probably beat the ones in new york yeah but that they ain't the ones you got to worry about you know we say it all the time the feds don't bring a case unless the feds are convinced they're going to win a case <laughs> yeah although the feds have been have, have been, they've had they've had their moments they've been for, a little sure. for sure um, but i just, so and i wanted to give credit sorry go ahead. well and the reason why that's important is like look let's just look at the like you got 91 different counts against them um, in multiple states two of them are federal 
some of these are going to hit, mm-hmm. right? And that's not me being hopeful. I'm just going by going by the numbers. Right. My ex, my actual experience in this actual like field, yeah. very field. Some of those are going to hit based off of like the the evidence that we've seen. Some of those are just going to hit. I'm sorry, and I think depending on which ones do, it's going to take them out of play. And so now it's like a lot of these people who are fighting for who are at. 5%, 10%, 12%, whatever, like, th- then once he's out, where do those votes go? And that's what they're going to be fighting for. So I think that they have to, like, as much as I, I said, had said earlier in the year and before we got into, to, um, into the, in the campaign season that Nikki Haley would be out sooner than later, she's, gonna, she's probably going to end up sticking around. Yeah. And she should. Like, if you're at 5% right now, or you know, Whatever. I don't, I don't I, like if you're numbers. if you're anything above, I think honestly, if you're anything above three percent right now in the GOP, you got to stay in, right? I think all of them got to stay in. The only one who I would say, like, I mean, yeah, Asa Hutchinson, you can go. Um, the North Dakota governor, yeah, uh, I don't even know his name. Burgum, he, yeah, he okay. can go, right? But Haley, Scott, Christie, Ramaswamy got to stay. Now, DeSantis. He's just so bad. It's like, dude, maybe you just you should just focus on being governor, right? Be as gov- be the governor of Florida as many times as you can as as you can, and then go work somewhere else, because I don't think he's just gonna be like, he he's just when you got people like Democrats don't have to say anything about Ron DeSantis, right? That's part like, and it's not necessarily a terrible play. Because Democrats are doing what I said Ron DeSantis should do with Trump, right? Like, you ain't got to say nothing about Trump. Just let him hang himself. Well, now the Democrats, you don't need to say anything about DeSantis. This dude is putting out videos with oiled-up bodybuilders shooting lasers out of their eyes, repeating the word woke over and over again. You know, that would be awesome if you were making a parody in her joke. But no, he did that, exactly he that. He really did that. So, right, like there were clips of... Uh, uh, Brad Pitt in uh, Troy. Troy, right? And I think um, maybe I think there was like the, they slipped a rock in there. Something like, like it just it was this real bizarre video talking about defeating wokeness, right? And like he's doing shit like that, so you yeah, don't need to say anything. Dude doesn't get it. I'll agree with that for sure. And, and, like if although with the Democrats, like I would just have a heavy campaign of. By the way, he did this. Yeah. Right, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into it. I wouldn't do a lot of analysis. I would just say he he did this. Yeah, I would run his ads, say paid for by people for great democracy, and let people see that and go, who put this out? Is this a slam or what is, it? is this? Right now, and one thing I want to give Chris Christie credit for again is he got booed lustily, and he stood there and took it, and the moderators got control, and then he made his point. And by the end, he wasn't okay, getting that I same heat. Point out that, so that's the third time. You've used the word lustily. lustily, and I keep looking at that fucking bottle of Lusty Claw. Okay, little history here. <laughs> lusty Claw is a whiskey with an awesome bottle with an eagle head on it that before Steve stopped drinking, he and I would like try to find uh, random whiskeys. I brought this home, and it was so awful, I think you wanted to punch me. Like, the bottle is so ornate, and the whiskey was that bad. bad. Like, as ornate as the bottle is, that's how terrible the whiskey tasted. It wasn't even like it was bland. It was, like, intentionally awful. Right. It, 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 if it, when people in old movies or cartoons 
take a sip of whiskey and they say it tastes like turpentine, it had to be this because this actually it tasted, tasted like turpentine. It had hints of leather. Right. <laughs> right. Like turpentine that had been filtered through a, a, an old boot. <laughs> uh, um, All right. Side, but anyway, side sorry. But yeah, he, um, so he, he took the booze and then he. Um, the booze know, was not Lusty Claw. He it was, was not. Um, negative chance. Um, and then he came back and I thought he kind of won the crowd over. I'm not giving him Rocky Four credit where now the crowd is cheering for him. But I think he may have earned some credibility with them because when he did. When you didn't... were high last night, you actually said you were giving him Rocky Four credit. Okay. So. I don't remember. Which is that. it, Jim? I don't know. Jim Walker cannot be trusted. Wishy-washy. Flip-flop. Flip-flopper. I'm, I'm John Chris Christie Rocky analogies. Fine, uh, I'll give him Rocky for credit. No, I mean, look. If I can I, change and you can change, anyone can change, Steve. I, I saw that, and I think that's the thing with Chris, with Chris Christie. He is, he's, he's one of those guys who doesn't seem likable, right? You're just like, yeah, he's a typical yeah. New Jersey. But for a guy like me, actually, that kind of makes me kind of like him. Right, but part of that, like, where am I from? Right, I'm from Youngstown. Right. I grew up around a bunch of Italians, and he checks like, a lot the of New those. Jersey of Ohio. Right, I, literally. So I, I mean, like, he 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 checks a lot of boxes for home for me. Right, this like smart ass, out of shape, pasta eating, pasta eating, you know, shit talking guy, you know, who's pretty smart, but you don't necessarily trust, but you trust enough that you'll do this sketchy job for him that he asks you to do. Right, like that's. My childhood, I, 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 and he reminds as, me of my... As your attorney, I t- advise you not to speak anywhere. Right. Statue of limitations on most of that stuff. Okay. But that's what he reminds me of, and there's a lot of people where that that appeals, right? Yeah. There's a reason why uh, uh, James Caldolfini was, you know, voted sexiest man alive. Uh, it wasn't for his ass. It wasn't, right. It, wasn't be, it was because that sort of... Yeah. You know, uh, gangster machismo to a degree sure. sells, and I'm not saying that Chris Christie is a gangster, but no, but, he's got that but he operate he has he has that vibe a little bit about how he operates, right? Like I don't really give a fuck what you guys think. This is what we're gonna do, and this is how we're gonna do it. You know, he's just doing it with as as you know the guy with the pro, you know federal prosecutor chops, a guy who was the governor, a guy who's you know sparred his way through politics. Um, maybe doesn't have that signature knockout blow. But also, he himself hasn't been knocked out. Right. And there's there's a lot there to sell. Now, the one thing that he does that hurts him and helps him literally is his appearance. Yeah. And I think it hurts him because people look at him and say, he's fat and sloppy. And he is. Right? And also, people look at him and say, like, look at all this shit coming out of this guy. Like, this guy, of all people, has the audacity to be this ridiculous. All right, let me listen. Let's see what his fat ass has to say, right? And for some people, that plays. Um, and so it, it just he's an interesting guy, but again, he can't. He, now he can't drop out. Right. Nikki Haley can't drop out. Um, Tim Scott shouldn't, but, I mean, he, I don't think he has a real chance. I just, he just doesn't. He won't appeal to the MAGA uh, crowd. Like, if Trump goes down, I don't think Tim Scott – and maybe he will. I don't know. That's the, that's the other hard thing – is once you remove Trump, right, and then you don't have a strong candidate to kind of fill that role, right, with a strong track record and everything else. And I don't know, like, I don't know if they trust Vivek like that, right? I don't know if he has anything he could point to. Trump could at least point to The Apprentice, and he could point to Vegas and his hotels and his buildings in Chicago and New York, all that other stuff. Right, you know, Atlantic City was far enough away where we can just not talk about it. Apparently, but 
like I don't know if they can, you know, all right, tech, you know, guy who made money in tech, I, I, d does that have the same cachet with that crowd as Trump's story? And I think that, again, if you package Ron DeSantis better, he could have, but the, the rift between the Trump and DeSantis crowd, I think, is so deep and, and, and just infected that I don't know if you could uh, heal that wound in time to get people behind DeSantis, right? Like, you've got how bad his personality is, and then you have how bad those two groups are going back, back and forth at each other, again, which is another reason why Democrats are just sitting back. I don't, like, why? They're, like, they're doing it to each other. They are both pointing out the things that we would point out about either group, about either side, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. So we don't need to get our hands dirty. Let them spar it out, right? One of them will come out on top, and then whoever comes out on top will use the firepower from the other one that was going against them, and we'll just enhance it. And I think if, if there is a Nikki Haley, Donald Trump, Chris Christie debate, if they get down to three candidates and Trump participates in the debate, I think Trump will get murdered. They're, they are both two pretty intelligent, pretty interesting people, and he's a buffoon. I mean, if you're scoring based on, you know, making logical points and uh, okay. all that other Sorry. stuff, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're right. But Silly. that's not, that's that's not how you score this particular game. You know, like, they're, they're, like it's who, who can capture that crowd. And that crowd has punted on logic and policy and compromise and, you know, moving the, nation, moving the nation forward. They, they are now entrenched in, like, these things we believe in. Do not touch our guns. All abortion is bad. All brown immigrants from down there are bad. Um, us helping you, yep. Ukraine is bad, right? right? Like, so they've got their five to ten talking points. There's no debate about them. There's no, again, there's no logic. There's no, there's no sensibility. None of that, right? Like, so someone has to be able to figure out, do those people stay that way? If you remove Trump from the equation, you know, and so once you pull him out, will they be more open to logic and common sense, which is where Chris Christie and a Nikki, Nikki Haley excel? Or do they just need a new talking head to, that will say anything as long as it's within the sphere of what that constituency wants to hear? And I think it'll be a little bit of, I think it's going to be a mix of both. And that's why... You're, that's why those people, the, 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 the main three, you know, Vivek and Christie and Haley, have to, now they have to stay in it. Sure. And, but by your logic, those people could flock to DeSantis as the next best thing. I don't know. I, I mean, you got up there with that stupid penny story, and I'm so mad that that's not getting more run. Because I watched that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You just said you... All right, I told, I told the story. Yeah. I'll jump in there. But we talk about keeping score. In terms of keeping score, we said last week... I well, We both said last week that we were curious to see how the ratings would be for the Republican debate. Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson, if they can be called an interview, drew like 75 million downloads in an hour or two and ended up over like... Someone told me 180 million. I don't know what the number ends up being. That number seems hard to process because that would mean literally... Yeah, but there's a lot of different factors that go into those numbers, right? Like, 
that could be people who literally looked at it for a couple seconds and, you know, kept sure. going, um, you know, popped in for a minute, popped back out. I mean, that, 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 that also includes people who did it accidentally, right? Like between Twitter and Instagram, I've jumped in on live events 100% by accident because something popped up right as I was going to touch my screen for something else. So now that's, that's probably going to make a up big a big number. Though. That's going to make up a small percentage. The number's still huge. Um, you know, how much of that were people hate watching, right? Like, you know, you said. I, I refused to. You, you did, but what, what I'm saying is. <laughs> right, but I mean, like, so people. I, I wouldn't get caught up in that. Um, it's big, and it does. I think what that is a bigger signal of is the reach of social media. All right. And the growth of data analysis and data collection and how it ties to social media. Right, and the value of social media and why it's important that if you're you know, running a business or whatever you have, that you understand social, me social media, marketing, and how to use it as a tool. That speaks more to that than anything because I think if I do something similar with a Joe Biden or a Kamala Harris or an AOC or some popular name on the left uh, and I promote it, and I put it with someone who's got a strong presence and a following on social media, um, you know, in the Twitter space. Uh, uh, now, it's like, tw and Twitter is now harder for progressives because they have fought so hard against it since Elon Musk took over. Because I think if you would have flipped that, right, or listen, if Obama decided to do something on Twitter right now, what sort of That'd numbers would that do? That'd be interesting. I hope he would. You know, if but, he, but, I, but I don't, what's he going to do? He, I don't think he wants to support Biden. It doesn't. Of, it didn't even have to be about if if Obama wanted to get on Twitter right now and just do something for Maui. Okay, which would be right. He lived in Hawaii. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, I I think that would do wild numbers. Yeah, probably. Right. I think you. I think if Taylor Swift wanted to get on there, right, she would do stupid numbers. Right. Like I mean, like so. I, I think it's more because it's so much easier to access Twitter than it is to actually watch something on TV, as ridiculous as that sounds, right? Like, you access Twitter through your phone. You have your phone with you wherever you go. So you could have a bunch of people sitting at a bar with, <coughs> you know, football on one, on one channel or baseball on one channel because it was on a Wednesday, um, baseball on one channel and the debate on another channel, and people want to get a closer look. So, you know, you've got, you know, a hundred people in that bar that pull up Twitter and watch it and throw an earbud in, right? Okay. Where you know what I mean? Like yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so like I, that, that. Like that's gonna like now. It's just it's about access, and so you have to if like yes, those numbers are huge compared to Nielsen ratings, but if you if you really start paying attention to the numbers that these different things are doing, right? Like the NFL is now is going to be is entrenched because. Between their TV deals, their social media deals, their you know Sunday ticket deal, which I separate from like you know, and the fact that they're doing it on YouTube and it's going to be a streaming based service, like the, the the NFL is going to do stupid TV numbers, right? This net like they just signed ridiculous TV contracts, like their next round of TV contracts. I guarantee you, after the next couple of years, are go are going to be monstrous when you combine all that stuff. Right, and salary caps are going to go, and people I say are good because the bills are up against, right. are up against yeah, the cap. Salary so. cap is going to like rise; it's going to be crazy. But that's more to what that speaks of. But 
either way, a lot of people saw something, whether it was Trump's thing or the debate or both. Right. And and the the, the Trump-Tucker thing was a joke. I mean, you asked him, do you think Epstein killed himself? He asked that question. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I know Jeff Epstein uh, liked women, and I know, oh my, oh my God. It, it was the most ridiculous conspiracy-esque softball interview discussion ever, which is what you'd expect, and that's all he wanted. And he wanted to divert attention away from the debates, Look, away from I the mean, others. And that's, but the thing is, like, as long as you've got this political cycle, right, of say whatever you want, there's no rules, there's right. no accountability, then like, that's the value of a guy like Tucker. Because, you know, like, you know, I think he got a deal. I think he got a pretty big uh, deal for to do his podcast or whatever. Um, but he's gonna, he's probably gonna end up getting a bigger one, and it's gonna be especially during this campaign season because most of the time Tucker's gonna talk about nonsense, right? And it's it's conspiracy theory. He's gone. He's jumped the shark, like that, whatever. But he is always going to be as long as you've got this current type of political uh, climate. He's going to be able to pull uh, whoever the you know cup of tea is for the craziest section faction of of the right and draw large numbers like this. You know, so if you can if you can promise me, you know, seventy five million people or a hundred or two hundred million people once every six weeks during campaign season, you know, or or numbers anywhere near that, and then the rest of the time you're doing. I don't know, 10, 15 million, which is still a fuckload compared yeah. to TV, sure. right? Then he's worth it, right? Now, here's the thing. He can do 15 million. That's probably what he does. I don't even know anything about his podcast, where to find it, if it's on Twitter, X, whatever. Um, but he's way out of the spotlight. He's lost his reach, but he's still probably reaching 10, 15 million people, right? I mean, he's... <laughs> I want to throw one thing out there just because it's worthy of, based on Trump's past, those numbers that we're reporting are massive. But I don't know where they're coming from. Now, maybe they're coming straight from Twitter and, and they're verifiable. But this is the same guy who showed how massive his crowd was in Houston and then showed no, the, the Cleveland. The numbers, the numbers are legit. I okay. saw, like, they're, they're coming from the... Because, the, again, that's why I said it was this was bigger for social media to show its reach because... We can show our numbers, right, mm -hmm. on our podcast, right? Clear as day. It's not hard. Not, not 180 million. <laughs> right? No, not quite. Come on, guys. Step it up. Yeah. But, like, think about it. If we can do it for our podcast. Yeah. Understood. And the I numbers just, are legit. It wouldn't, the first right? it wouldn't be the first time he lied about numbers is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't, that's not the case here. All right. Um, did anything else happen with Trump this week? I Something was, uh, well, oh, yeah, he got turn, he turned himself in to the Fulton County Jail, gave the angriest mugshot I've ever seen, which I understand. Um... And then, being the snake oil salesman he is, he then releases the mugshot as a badge of honor, which I will actually say was pretty damn clever. Because instead of, you know, the, the, the network TVs getting a chance to use it and make it a punchline, he slapped it in everyone's face and says, here's what they're doing to your guy. I mean, that was their, that was their plan. That's what they all did, right? Like, Janalis did the same thing. Okay, like, I didn't. I didn't. Like they, that, that was the game plan, and that was smart. Get out ahead of it. Um, you know, to me, this is, uh, again, this is just sad. Uh, to former president of the United States, um, he brought this on himself, and it's sad that he put us as a country in this position. Agreed. Um, 
my biggest takeaway from this is that that mugshot, whether it's his mean face or he was smiling or whatever, like that picture is going to go in the history books that, you know, yeah. most people on their side may or may not read. But it's going to go in the history books, and that's going to be a reference point for people, yeah. right? Um, I don't really care whether he had a mean look on his face, what his face was. It's the fact that that picture was taken. And what I mean by that, the fact that we're in this situation at all is is just devastating, right? And, and I, I just, there was more stuff today uh, on uh, Sarah Palin talking about civil war and people need to, you know, they need to get angry and we need to take our country back and we can't let them do this to what they're doing to us with the immigrants and, you know, all these, all this social welfare and helping all these black people. She didn't say that, but that's the inference there. Um, and just more anger rhetoric that can be manipulated into violent action. And it's, she's got plausible deniability to say, look, I, I, I didn't tell them to go get, you know, to go round up a bunch of guys with AR-15s and go shoot up that building. I didn't tell them to do that. I just, I just use, you know, common language that, you know, we need to fight for our country, which means we need to get out there and vote, right? Like, and right. that's the game that they're playing, but it's a very dangerous game. We yes. saw it on January 6th. We saw it with the guy down in Cincinnati who tried to take over the FBI building that got himself shot in a cornfield. Yep. You know, we've, we've seen how this can go, right? Like there was just a guy, uh, I forget where he was. Um, I can't remember if it was here locally, but a guy killed a woman over uh, a pride flag. No, I think it was California. Yeah, I think that was in California. Yeah. A woman had a pride flag. Guy goes in the store, yells at her. She, you know, pushes back on him like, hey, it's, you know, whatever. We're all, right. you know, everybody's free here. Guy killed her. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the, the rhetoric is dangerous. There are, there are people out there who are, who are literally waiting for anything as a sign to go and do something violent. And that message has – they have to know it. And so that's why it's, it's hard to say that it, it just it comes across very disingenuous with the whole, oh, we didn't, we didn't mean for right. her to go out and do that. Like you know that this is a possibility. You know that people can misconstrue that – will can and have misconstrued these statements to, to be – you know, call to arms, call to action for violent action against other people, and yet you're still doing it. Yeah. Right? And, and that's the thing, and that goes back to, like, look, y'all better get ready. All right, well, um, I would say that I hope never to be booked in the Fulton County uh, jailhouse, but for one reason I would love to be, because if I get booked in the Fulton County jailhouse, I'm down to my fighting weight of 175. Trump Trump reported his I'm not. Oh. But Trump reported did you, see, oh. you saw this, right? Come on. No. I, uh, Trump claimed he weighs 215. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't see kilos. Yeah. Yeah, right. uh, no. He claims he weighs 215. I'm 205. I'm 5'9 and I could use a, use to lose a few pounds, I'll acknowledge, but dude weighs a good 260. Probably more. Look, I, I don't know what he weighs, but that's obviously bullshit, right? Like just that height, six, his six, height alone, to say that he weighs two fifteen, just with his, with his height at like six two, six three, you know, with his with his shape, like come on, get out of here. But I can't believe you see that. I was no. laughing so hard at that because I remember years ago he claimed he weighed two nineteen, so he's lost four pounds since uh, since then. Congrats, Trump. But I I don't expect the jailhouse to have a scale get on there and say, come on. But 
I, yeah, he said that. It's like, it must be great to be able to tell people something that they clearly have to know was complete bullshit. And it just, it, but that's fucked up, though. It, it really, to me, it just, it's scary. Like, why the fuck are you lying about this? Right. Right. Like, why, why are you lying about No one's going to laugh at you at 240. Why are you lying about your weight? You are 80 years old or 78 years old or however fuck old he yeah, is. Yeah, somewhere 76. Right, who the fuck cares? You're a billionaire or very sort of. millionaire, billionaire. I, I mean, I love how you tweet. Uh, like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> Oh, well, he can't call himself a billionaire. He's only got $999 million. Uh, uh, well, Fuck I think out of it's here. all bullshit. Um, um, but either way, like, that that just goes, like, there's no reason for him to lie about it. No one really cares. No one's like, oh, look, oh, he weighs 215. Look how great he, like, right. it's like, we can see you. Like, what are you doing? It just goes to his state of mind, right? And right. that's where I have a, like, that's the thing. Like, again, I've said this before. I ask people, I'm like, would you work? Would you trust this guy enough to work for him? Would you trust this guy enough to go into business for him? You know, is, would you trust this guy enough to handle a real estate deal for you, right, that you had money invested in? Uh, I, I just, and, and you, know, it, it, you know, like, what did you think about him when he had to show The Apprentice? Did you even watch it or did you think it was ridiculous, right? Um, and yet, you know, people lie about that part. Right. And just, it's right. Like, oh, yeah, I would trust him with my life. And I would absolutely like if you would actually work for this guy with the number of people who went to the mat for him, whose lives and careers have been turned upside down and he has left hang- just high and dry and you would go work for him. Like, look, support him all you want, but at least be honest. You really think that's a good idea? <laughs> but I'm going to do to you this week what you did me last week. You pointed out that they're not thinking like you. They don't have the common sense to go. You know, no, I wouldn't work for that guy. He's a fucking con artist. Just like me with with the church church folks last week and saying, I can't believe they're so hypocritical. And you're like, yeah. dude, they're hypocritical your whole life. Just open your eyes. They, these folks will not hold him accountable. All those stories about him not paying the lawyers, that's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, I wonder if he's breaking laws with campaign donations. Like, his ability to redirect campaign donations to enrich himself or to pay for his legal fees, I find suspect but no it's not, i mean because there's two different types of packs yeah you know like your, your different types of packs and campaign uh, uh like actual campaigns and so the laws work different like you have a lot more flexibility with one than you do the other he was probably smart funneled like i know he was smart we talked about okay. this on the show remember like i said like look he's funneling money into this general one right which will allow yeah, him to that. do x y and z and then he's got like but he still has a but a buttload of money coming in right like so he just took all the money out of the old put it into this new you know pack that allows him to pay his legal fees out of it right meanwhile he's got this whole other one that you know checks all the boxes that does the mostly i'm sure i think you know that does most of the actual campaign stuff but i mean like look this guy has stiffed entire cities right he does those rallies Right, which rack up a ton of bills in terms of overtime and blockades and and all that other stuff. That like I know the city of Minnesota was fighting with them for over two years. Minneapolis, or, or yeah, the state of Minnesota, the city of Minneapolis, whatever they they were fighting with them for two years over him not paying for one of his rallies. Right. Yeah. So, there's multiple instances of that. Yes. Like, um, all right, man. We're getting low on time, and we're kind of leaving the crazy story to the end. Um, Prigozhin, the uh, leader of the Wagner group that sort of rebelled against Putin before changing gears and going to Belarus, 
apparently was on a plane that crashed over Russia. There's a lot of stuff I don't fully comprehend. Like, I heard the plane was going from Moscow to St. Petersburg, which makes me wonder, how the fuck did this guy get into Moscow, and why would you go there? You're saying you wouldn't work for Trump. I agree with you. You know what I wouldn't do? Piss off Vladimir Putin and get within a thousand miles of him. Well, I think you're with that though. You're leaving out the fact that they had already come together. Like he had already he had already been back in Russia and had already met with Putin. Like prior to this. Okay. So I, now look, I'm not I'm saying, saying my wrong, yeah. but that's why. I, look I, again, I'm not conspiracy guy, but I don't know if Prigozhin actually got on that plane. And I think, you know, remember, remember the last time he disappeared and you're like, oh, I think Putin might have killed him. Yeah. I'm like, Putin didn't kill him. He's going to pop up. Now, and he did. I, and he did. And I, I think now, the day listen, we recorded, I was kind of pissed. Right. Like short, shortly thereafter. I don't, I don't, I have no idea if he got on this plane. His name was on the manifest. But again, this guy is a long-term spy, uh, military guy. Uh, look, just, I don't know. Is there a chance that he... His name was on that, and then he said, all right, you know, put me in the van, and we'll drive to wherever. I don't know. You know? I, 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 there, there's a lot we don't know, and there's no chance we're going to get information that will confirm or deny. Unless, unless Prigozhin pops up and goes, ta-da, we're not going to ever know. Because and I think crash- at this point now, too, even if Prigozhin anticipated something like that happening, and he didn't get on the plane, I don't think he, now, I don't think he pops back up. Oh, I don't think he will either. My point is, we're never going to get the truth. Right. Because, I mean, if, you know, a person is poisoned or thrown out a window, you've got a body. Yep. This is a plane crash. There's a smoldering pile of, you know, awfulness. And, um. And who, who knows? I mean, Prigozhin and Putin could be in on this. Yeah. They could be like, hey, we're going to do this whole thing. We're going to, like, we're going to kill you on a plane. You're going to drive off, and then, you know, I'm going to send you off with, you know, a billion rubles to right. your own private island and whatever. I, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, But, I mean, talk about a deal I'd be really hesitant to make. Hey, we're going to fake your death. Okay, Vlad, I feel comfortable with this plan. Nothing could possibly go wrong. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's having said that, I saw a video, and staying with the conspiracy thing, I I'm trusting that video is real. And that plane was nose diving with what appeared to be a missing wing. Yeah. I mean, people are saying, you know, there are people who, you know, were there, right. And right. like on social media, you know, people saying that it was shot down. There are people saying the wing was, there was something placed on the wing that blew it off. I don't know. All I know is that it all sounds sketchy as hell. Uh, guy is probably dead, but there's would, a yeah. good chance that he may not be. Cause he might not have gotten on that plane. I don't know. I don't know why Steve's in the falsetto. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyway, it, it's a pretty shocking story, and it's really hard to figure out what's going on in it between Poland, Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia. Um, I don't know if there's an end in sight, and my consent, continued fears of escalation beyond those borders remain something that I lose sleep over. Yep. Sports talk? A little quick sports talk? Yeah, a NFL, bit. So, final week of the NFL preseason? Well... College football starts this weekend, okay. right? Like so, tomorrow, Saturday. Oh, uh, tomorrow? Yeah, you Notre got, Dame Navy. Yeah, you got Notre Dame Navy in Dublin. Oh, uh, oh. but you're not going to see it because the game starts at six a.m. I'm pretty sure. Um, 
So, I mean, like, if you want to get up at 6 a.m. to watch it out of spite, because I just said that you won't, feel free. That would I probably don't... be the way it'll happen. Right. But it means when I wake up at 8, I'll turn on the TV and see what's going on. Yeah, there'll be college football on. That's awesome. Um, and then there, oh, there's another game that I'm leaving yeah, out. Yeah, there is. I saw it. But it's a, it's like UTEP uh, and something Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger school and, and some smaller school. But then my alma mater plays uh, New Mexico State at 7 p.m., actually on ESPN. So football is back. Is the whole point. So tomorrow, school, UMass is on tomorrow. Yeah, UMass is on ESPN tomorrow night, oh, and I've people hear this unfortunately after. The oh yeah, over. right, right, right. Um, I am cautiously optimistic about my alma mater. Um, I'm actually going to, when we get off, going to bet on them to win tomorrow, which would be interesting because we've won fewer games than I have fingers on one hand over the last like five years. So do that math. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. And but like that's the benefit of the transfer portal now is that you can build a team relatively quickly um through the power of transfers and kids not having to sit out. Um a lot of people don't like it, but coaches in college football have had this freedom of movement um and they've been getting paid millions of dollars right like sure. you know small country gdps to be able to do so um so now the kids have a little bit more freedom which i think is way more fair as someone who got punished by the whole transfer process uh that existed before um and you know then there's the whole nil conversation and, and again i support it because these kids are the ones that are out there putting their bodies on the line don't give me the whole free education bullshit um it's, you know, these schools are making way too much money off these what these kids do on the field. You can get mad about it because your kid is in an engineer or whatever, and that's great. And your kid's got to have a lot of different ways to, to capitalize on that. But, you know, like James Conn said, uh, in um, the program, okay. when you can get 100,000 people to show up in a stadium to watch a kid do an engineering problem, then... We'll give that kid a scholarship, and we'll make sure that they get free cards too. I used, I right? used to use that line, like. But I mean, and, that, and that's just the reality, of it, yeah. right? And people get really mad about sports, but like, look, people enjoy it. Sports has been a part of civil society forever since before we were civil. Um, it's just it is what it is, and it has its own economy. Like, there's a lot of people who don't play the sports in college or the pros at all who eat because of it, right? From parking attendants to janitors to to food, you know, your sure. your hospitality people and. Uh, restaurants and bars and, and everything else, the, like the police who are able to get overtime off of it, EMS. But like, so it's its own whole micro economy. So it's just a part of it. Sorry that you don't like it, but here it is. Moving on to the NFL. Um, you know, I'm excited about this NFL season. Um, you know, I, we can wait until next week if we want to do our predictions. Yeah, let's, let's definitely do that. But I, I, you know, it's the preseason. The Steelers had a really good preseason. They won all their, all three of their games. Every time the first team offense was on the field, they scored a touchdown. Um, it's it is preseason though, so that's tempered excitement. But what I will say is, I don't know. Like, there's two things I think that you need in the AFC to win, right? You need a good offensive line. And you need a good quarterback, right? And that's not anything new. That's not sure. earth-shattering. But, you know, if you look at who was in the playoffs last year, who was in the – like, you know, the Bills have a good offensive line. Yeah, they stunk last year. The Bills have a good enough offensive good line. Enough. They, they've got a good offensive line, and they've got a very good quarterback. The quarterback right? who makes up for a so bad offensive line. the better line. the quarterback, like, the yes. less – like, listen, the Steelers would have killed to have the Bills' offensive line last year. Okay. 
Okay. Um, so, you know, just like the, we were ranked 29th out of 32 okay. teams. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. So let's just, you know, like yeah. putting it no, perfectly. No, no, I'm just saying that. Right. Same things with the, you know, with the Chiefs, with the Bengals. Now, the Bengals had a shaky offensive line. The Chiefs said they have it. But when your quarterbacks are level 10s, then you can have an offensive line that's a six. Sure. Right. And then that sort of balances out. Um, but looking at the Steelers, I think that this offensive line, I can't tell because it's preseason, but I do, I know it's better. We got Samalo from the, from the, uh, from the Eagles. You know, we drafted a, a young kid from Georgia. Um, Jones, and, you know, he's a monster. But our other tackles have actually shown that they've improved, right? So we may, we, we may have actual depth there. Um, and the, but the biggest thing is the quarterback. And what I see is a young kid who is able to read the field, who's not panicking, his feet are steady, his arm motion is better, and he's delivering the ball where the receivers need to get it where the defenders are having a tough time getting access to it, right? When he's on the field, so far in preseason, the ball hasn't touched the ground. Again, it's preseason, but he's showing veteran growth, right? So if I look at a kid who came in, kind of got thrown in the mix early as a rookie, you know, ends up going 7-2 and two down the stretch after the bye, and then he puts in a solid offseason like he did, and I see how he's performing in the preseason – his level of play is going to be better than what it was last year from all the quarterbacks combined who played for the Steelers last year, right? So if, his, if, if the quarterback play is elevated and the offensive line is better than what we think it is, then I think you've got a better team, right? And if you've got a better team and you went 9-7-1 last year or 9-8, and eight, then that bodes well. Get up to 11-6 and six or something, you're in the playoffs. Right. Um, the Bills are actually playing their starters in the preseason finale, which seems like a coach ain't happy moment. In fact, it certainly is that. Um, if someone gets hurt, I'm going to lose my fucking mind, but we can save that for next week when hopefully we football, don't have to talk about it. Football. Yeah, but if Josh Allen gets hurt when he didn't need to be on the field, I'm going to go fucking berserk. Um, and I had one other Oh, the, the other thing is, it's kind of a cheap shot of Baker Mayfield, who recently earned a starting job. But if Kenny Pickett is a guy who works hard, which he apparently is, and Josh Allen was a guy who really wanted to work hard and doesn't have Baker Mayfield syndrome and do the, I've got this, I'm going to go do commercials and get blowjobs behind the Cheesecake Factory. Look it up. Um, uh, you know, If he's got that attitude, and it appears he does, then I can see him picking a big leap forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this about the Bills. Like, I like your running back room 100 times better than I did last year. Um, I like your tight end room. A thousand percent better than I did last year. You guys got Kincaid out of Utah, or I'm sorry. No, you're right. Uh, or yeah, yeah, out of Utah and um, uh, Dawson like, Knox is. And like you have Dawson yeah. Knox and like if I'm if I'm rating them, Dawson Knox is a solid six at tight end, right? Scale of one to ten. Sure. Um, you know he's a good athlete. He can block. He can catch. He runs decent routes. He's a, you know he can get down the field. Um, but Kincaid is a smooth, pure receiver in, you know, uh, an offensive tackle, you know, like a Joe Thomas-type body, right? Like, I mean, he's long, he's, he's, you know, solid 250, 260 pounds, but he's smooth, he's not lumbering. He understands how to exist in space, right? He knows how to make, create space without, you know, having offensive pass interference. He knows how to sit down in a zone. He knows how to break out. He understands various route concepts, um, and he's got amazingly soft hands, 
Uh, and again, just an athlete that knows how to get down the field. His blocking is awful, but who cares? Um, and so, like, he he is going to be a weapon that Josh Allen falls in love with. I, I am excited to see what Kincaid's numbers look like, you know, probably three-quarters of the way through the season because it's probably going to start off slow. But with the way you guys are set up at receiver with Diggs and Davis and you guys got that other kid um, that you were running in the slot uh, – I saw him this offseason. Khalil Shakir? Uh, who's going to be your three, your third wide receiver? That's up pretty much up in the air, but it's actually probably Dalton Kincaid. They're saying that they're going to go okay. to the second Not tight end. Not the guy, actual receiver. Um, uh, right well, the point is, uh, like, the point is, like, the way, like, when I watch, because the Bills just play the Steelers, um, and just looking at the talent that you guys have on offense, Kincaid is that perfect thing in there because he is going to be a more reliable, consistent safety net for Josh Allen than Dawson Knox, right? Dawson Knox kind of relied on, well, they'll just forget about me and I'm just going to drift, 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 drift. Well, you're not going to forget about Kincaid, but Kincaid is actually going to draw coverage away from those other guys, right? So you're, so the problem that he creates on the field for defenses is we got to be on Diggs, we got to be on Davis, but if we leave Kincaid one-on-one, right? So that means he can be in closer proximity Right, like so, where Dawson Knox really excelled is the play goes to shit. He turns, gets up field, and then he's sitting twenty yards up yep. there and gets it right. Well, with Kincaid, like if Allen feels pressure or feels heat, all he's got to do is find. And Kincaid ain't got to take all that time to run up field. He can just throw it up to him and know that chances are that that kid is going to come down with it and be able to do something with the ball after he catches it. And like that, that's going to be a nightmare for defenses. Now, the question, the other big question for the for the Bills is. What is your defense going to look like, especially up the middle? You know, you lose Edmonds at linebacker. Um, you 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 do have good linebacker. You know, um, the Matt other kid. Matt Milano is a yeah. I mean, Milano's good. Yeah. Right? I I mean, but I don't know if he's going to carry the load for you there. So and and that could, that could be an issue for you guys against the pass and against the run. And then what happens with Von Miller in terms of his timing when he comes back? And, and how healthy he is when he comes back and how long it takes him up to, to get up to speed are all going to kind of dictate right. how that defense looks. Now, we, saw, we signed Leonard Floyd in the offseason, so we added another pass rusher. That's right. And, uh, and he's very, he's very, very good. good. Yeah, and, and Miller pl- uh, practiced in pads the other day for the first time since he tore his ACL, so that's exciting stuff. Yeah, it's just that it, – but the question is, do they still start him on the pup list? Oh yes, and I, and I would hope so. Yeah, like given that six weeks, that guy. I mean, his, you know, he's in his mid-30s. Um, which he'll be able to come back from it fine. Like, look, I tore my tricep when I was, what, 40, 40? Yeah. Almost on the dot and came back, and I'm back to close to benching 500 again. So me, old beat-up powerlifter football player, was able to come back from something serious. I'm, I'm sure Von Miller, with everything he has access to, can too. I'm sure you're right. But if I'm, if I'm them, I, his ass goes on the pup list, you can come back 100%. week seven. You don't have to 100%. wait the full 21 days after you come off the pup, but we're going to hold you out. I would I would rather have the Bills go three and three and have a healthy Von Miller coming into Week Seven. When's your bye? Do you know? It's fairly late. Um, I don't remember the exact date, but it's, it was later than I expected, like Week Twelve. That which ballpark. is which actually even is even better, right? Like so, you can bring him back, right? You can play him on a play count, you know, like limit his play count Week Seven, Week Eight, you know, like early sure. on. Let him in, and like look, if you like, you would rather not have him early on. You know, kind of battle through that. Maybe you don't have, you know, the first, you know, first week you go four and two, three and three, whatever, 
and but your defense has kind of bend but don't break, and then you get him back up to speed, and then your your defense starts to tighten up as the season goes on because he's on the field, and you get that 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 uh, you get that buy later. So then he gets a week off to sort of heal up, rest up, and then get back out there. Like that actually that that could work yeah, out for yeah. you. And the defense was very clearly different when he was on the field versus when he got after he got injured. Yeah. last year it was. I mean. Uh, but no, very adding Floyd also helps. Yes, it does. Yes, it yeah. does. It gives you a legit, not you know, we have nine sacks a year for the last three years or something. All right, man, we've gone way long now, and we're more talking about us than anyway. Hope you enjoyed it. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter and X and Threads and all that stuff. We're done.